Hey Disney fan, have you ever wanted to know how we make the magic? Or maybe what's happening at Disney every single week? Well, have we got the podcast for you. This is D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. And we are taking you Inside Disney. All right, guys, there is so much Disney news. I feel like in the one week since we've last chatted, like 500 things have happened. Right? (laughs) I know. According to your Instagram, Jeffrey, you've lived 500 days between last recording and now. You've done so much. Where have you been? (laughs) Well, I've been at my desk a lot because, as I'm sure many of you have seen, Disney announced a strategic reorganization of its media and entertainment businesses. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very, very exciting for the company, and you can read all about it at thewaltdisneycompany.com. So we're going to start with that one, put it right out there. Big, 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 amazing, great news for the company. And my Instagram has been flooded. I honestly don't know how I packed in so much Disney magic, but I did head back down to Santa Ana to the Bowers Museum to see the incredible exhibit the Walt Disney Archives put together there. How fun. Before the the world shut down in March, I had the great fortune to be there for the opening because I work on the communications for the archives. And... I had a chance to really dive into the exhibit there. So I went back with a couple of friends and I was super impressed with all of the safety protocols that they have in place, timed entry, uh, masks. I felt very, very comfortable. They did a really terrific job. And (laughs) thanks to me spending so much time with Becky Klein and Robert Maxheimer, both previous guests on our show and very, very talented, brilliant people. I felt like I knew a whole lot. I was able to give a great tour to my friends there of the exhibit. We actually spent a couple of hours and the museum itself is just stunning. So that is open down at the Bowers Museum. You can check it out at bowers.org. And we did extend the exhibit through the end of February. So that's very exciting news for Disney fans. That is good news. And of course, after that, we were so close to Disneyland that we had to stop at Downtown Disney because you've met me. (laughs) And it was very cool. We got to go to the Backlot Premiere Shop, which is their new Halloween, I would say, big, big Halloween store that they have set up inside Stage 17, which Disney fans know Stage 17 is actually inside Disney California Adventure. And while you don't go in through the park, it's still for me as a ginormous Disney geek felt very, very cool to be inside Disney California Adventure, even Aww, just yeah. for a few minutes. Aww. And we enjoyed the Uva Bar and Tortilla Joe's. And I may have left Again. with a very heavy bag from the Marceline Confectionery. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Oof. Well done. Totally healthy. <laughs> and, and last but certainly not least, I, I got to go to the premiere of clouds the disney plus team did a fantastic job setting up this great drive-in which i think we spoke about a few weeks ago down at the barker hangar at the santa monica airport and the movie just so delivered i'm so excited for people to get to watch it this week on disney plus justin baldoni did a terrific job directing the cast was fabulous including candace i think uh, your pal from radio disney the fabulous Sabrina Carpenter. Yeah, she's so good. I can't wait to see this. She's so good in this. She sings. Her her acting is great. It's a beautiful story and definitely felt very, very personal and personally connected to me, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people will have that same feeling. It was great. And oh gosh, almost buried the lead. 
I'm a huge Nev Campbell fan going back for many, many years. And Nev okay. Campbell plays the mom and I love Nev Campbell. So just putting oh. it out there, putting it into the universe. Nev Campbell, come visit us. <laughs> Amazing. Speaking of Disney Plus, the first two episodes of the Right Stuff series are now streaming. And let me tell you, they are so good. Yes. Oh, that's on my oh. list. ASAP. But what I did watch, I don't know if you guys noticed, but The Bachelorette is back on ABC. I don't want to spoil yes. anything, but it was extra Hooray. dramatic. There was tears. There was running. There were the dresses that they wear on the first episode. <laughs> so that's yes. where I was this week. Well, coming up on the show, we get to talk to the one and only voice of Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons, Yardley Smith. And just a quick little tease. She did say that recording a podcast from the closet is like not bad. Oh, no. there you go. Yeah. Like, I thought your quick little tease was going to be like, and she does the voice. But that's also, you know, there she, you know, she does so much. So, so many things that everyone can look forward to. Yes, definitely. Speaking of things to look forward to. Okay, guys, it's mid-October, a.k.a. Christmas Eve, 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 times a couple more Eves. Which brings me to some very merry news. Disney and Pixar's Soul is going to be streaming exclusively on Disney Plus on Christmas Day, December 25th. Yay! Ever, Disney Plus, thank you. Yes. Yes. And in international markets where Disney Plus isn't available, it's going to be released theatrically, but those dates are going to be announced soon. We've got Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey. It's Pixar's newest feature directed by Academy Award winner Pete Docter, who is my hero. He directed Up, Inside Out, Monsters, Inc., some of my favorite Pixar movies. And there's original jazz music by John Batiste, a score from Oscar winners Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So... It's going to be as beautiful to hear as it is to watch. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a very merry holiday season indeed. Thanks to Seoul. Indeed. They, the film premiere did a premiere at the London Film Festival last weekend. And the reviews were amazing. People yeah. saying it is the best Pixar film ever. Like <gasps> that good. So we cannot wait. And by the way, did y'all see the new Soul trailer that dropped this week? It's so good. Yes. yes. I'm mm. even more excited now. Happy early holidays to all of us. <laughs> Speaking of animation, but it was it's hard to believe that it was a, just a, almost a year ago that Frozen 2 launched and at the same time we launched a little thing called Frozen Fan Fest, which is back with new content, new digital adventures and of course new fun collectibles and toys. The highlight's going to be this virtual play date hosted by Aisha Curry on October 18th. Love her. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. mom. And it's going to include an exclusive first look at the trailer for Once Upon a Snowman, the new Disney short, which is going to be on Disney Plus with Olaf, which I can't wait Yay, for. Me too. There's going to be all sorts of cool stuff, a sing-along and choreographed dance lesson, um, an American Sign Language tutorial of Show Yourself. I mean, yeah. ASL is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait to see that. And even fans may have a chance to learn how to draw Olaf with the directors of Once Upon a Snowman. So a lot of cool stuff coming up. You can find out more at Disney.com slash Frozen Fan Fest. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to do that with Enzo. He loves Olaf. Oh. Oh. Yay. 
All right, guys. Well, Disney Channel has announced a new animated sibling superhero comedy. It's called Hamster and Gretel, and it's from Emmy <laughs> winner and Phineas and Ferb co-creator and former show guest, guys, Dan Povenmire. So I'm very excited about this. Dan's going to executive produce the show, which is inspired by his relationship with his younger sister. So apparently they're 10 years apart, and Dan says there's never really been a cartoon that sort of explored the sibling dynamic there between 10 years Hmm. age gap so this is going to be cute he's actually describing it as a show about cartoon villains aliens a talking hamster with superpowers and a lot of comedy so looking forward to more details about that one on disney channel congrats to dan i love seeing him bringing new shows to disney channel and he's the evil dr doofensmith (laughs) that he is that he is well, okay, I'm going to take it back to the holidays for just a second because because, Freeform, because we've mentioned it before really is because here doing. I am <laughs> because I am me. <laughs> Freeform's kickoff to Christmas is coming November first. You heard that yes. right, the day after Halloween, November first, for a month stuffed with festive programming. There's going to be fan favorite films like Christopher Robin, Black Nativity, and it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, as well as some beloved classics like Frozen. Home Alone, and what I watch every holiday multiple times, Love Actually. (laughs) There's also going to be a double feature of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and its sequel on November 7th, as well as the network debuts of both Minions and Despicable Me 3. So a lot to look forward to. I always go to that list immediately when they drop in Look for Home Alone. I think it's like 14 days in, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time around. Yeah, but... I did something so similar. I clicked on the list and then I control F to love actually. And I was like, oh, good. We're good. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, Sherry, I hope that you will be decorating your closet for Christmas because we definitely <laughs> need to Put a tree in that. there, please. Wow, yes, please. I should. String some lights across my clothes. <laughs> yes. Well, bringing it back to Disney Plus and the breakout huge, crazy successful The Mandalorian, um, which debuts season two on October 30th. Disney Plus just dropped four new character art posters on The Mandalorian's official Twitter where fans get new looks at all the main characters, including The Mandalorian and The Child. So uh, head over to The Mandalorian's Twitter account to see those if you have not already. Yes. All right. We're going to go back to the holidays. Is that cool, guys? Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay with me. <laughs> High School Musical, the musical, the holiday special is coming to Disney Plus Friday, December 11th. This is going to be so good, guys. I saw like a preview of it in some exclusive all hands meeting of sorts recently, and I'm so excited. 45 Ooh. minutes is what you're going to get from this special. It's going to feature the cast performing their favorite Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's songs. They'll also share some of their fondest holiday memories, like best and most embarrassing presents, favorite traditions, some family photos, uh, their New Year's resolutions, which will be interesting. And it's also going to feature a sneak peek performance from High School Musical, the musical, the series season two, which we're all very excited about. Right. Uh, Joshua Bassett, who we had on the show with Olivia Rodrigo, he's actually going to debut an acoustic version of an original song he wrote for season two of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is cool. 
So get ready for that. They're also going to drop the soundtrack to the holiday special Friday, November 20th. So that'll be on all the major music services, streaming platforms. And uh, if you guys haven't seen season one, for some reason of high school musical, the musical, the series, of course, it's streaming on Disney plus now. So there you go. So excited. So excited. Mm -hmm. You know what else I'm excited for? What? 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 Mm. What? It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For the complete schedule and more details, visit d23.com. <laughs> I feel like we need to add an echo to that. Dot com, 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 com. Ooh, you could be my echo. You I like do that. that. <laughs> I'll do the music bed. We've got this. Great. Well, first up on Friday, October 16th, we have a new episode of One Day at Disney featuring Alfredo Ayala. He's an R&D Imagineer, and it's a great episode. I got to see it a while ago, and he works on all sorts of cool things from figuring out how characters can emote to creating state-of-the-art synthetic skin simulation technology. So catch that on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Well, actually, speaking of new technology, Shark Tank, (laughs) the season 12 premiere is also premiering on Friday, October 16th. It'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Real quick story. My friends and I, a couple years ago, went to Santa Barbara for my friend's birthday, and we spent an entire night just binging Shark Tank. (laughs) Like, why? We could have done this at home. Why are we on vacation right now? Now, also debuting on Friday on Hulu is Hellstrom. Every family has its demons. This family's got some literal demons. So the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer follows the two as they track down the worst of humanity. I've watched that trailer a couple of times. I may have jumped out of my skin. So something to look forward to. (laughs) Well, on Saturday, October 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nat Geo Wild is Photo Arc. I'm really pumped for this. So it's the first half of the special. The second half is going to air October 24th. But in it, you tag along with Nat Geo photographer Joel Sartori. If you don't follow him on Instagram, follow him on Instagram. His photographs of species are incredible. Incredible. So he's on a quest to photograph every species living in the world's zoos and wildlife sanctuaries. And he uses his powerful photographs to inspire people to save species that are at risk. He will stop at nothing to achieve his goal, even if it means following an armadillo into a bathroom. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, definitely the relatable. <laughs> Well, last but not least, guys, I've been counting down for this one. Sunday, October 18th at 8 o'clock Eastern on ABC. Supermarket Sweep is here, guys. (laughs) Yay! I don't know if you guys have seen this show, but my grandma used to force me to watch this during her like daily (laughs) routine of shows in the summer when I was a kid. She would just watch the reruns over and over of the classic TV game show. But it's back this time, hosted and executive produced by Leslie Jones. So it's it's teams of two in a supermarket. It's fast-paced, energetic. It's going to be really fun, guys. I hope you guys will check it out. They'll be using their grocery shopping skills and knowledge of the aisles to win major cash prizes. I'm so excited. I want to be on this game. I mean, Family Feud would be good, but Supermarket Sweep would be even better. Yeah. I was just going to say, for some reason, Candace, you specifically strike me as someone who would be incredible at supermarket sweep i would <laughs> rock this game especially if it's whole foods because i know that's sort of like the back of my hand <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I feel like we'd be really good at Family Feud, though. We would be. Let's go yeah. on. Yeah. D23 Inside Disney Podcast versus. Oh my gosh, fun. The cast of Blackish. There you go. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Today we are joined by a woman who is TV royalty. For more than 30 years, this Emmy winning actress has voiced the incomparable role of Lisa Simpson. She is smart, she is funny, and she is here. Yardley Smith. Woohoo! Hey, how are you? That's an extraordinary introduction. I good Lord, I hope I can live up to that. To royalty. <laughs> I like it though. It's funny when I um moderated the Simpsons panel at D twenty three, not yeah. this past summer, but the summer before that, I wore a tiara because you know, I do believe that Lisa Simpson should become a Disney princess. I do believe yes, that. Yes, I'm here for that. <laughs> totally. We need to start a petition instantly and write a firmly worded email. <laughs> I, I agree. Well said. <laughs> well, speaking of Disney and, and the Simpsons, when it was announced that the 21st century acquisition happened, the Simpsons released a hilarious short video really welcoming their new corporate overlords. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Take no prisoners. Exactly. <laughs> what did you think when you heard about the acquisition? I actually thought it was great. I did a series back in the 90s called Herman's Head, and it was a touchstone television, which used to be Disney's, maybe it still exists, but it was their original sort of TV arm, a co-production between touchstone television and 20th Century Fox. And so I feel like it was one of the first studio collaborations in that way where it used to be when I first started out in the business, everybody wanted their toy for themselves. And then I think it got sort of <laughs> prohibitively expensive. And so they started like, hey, hey, you want to share some of the heavy lift? And there were benefits to that for everyone, of course. So then they started to collaborate. And I think it's a good thing. And Disney really is the gold standard. And I, I'm honestly not just saying that because I'm on a Disney podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> you guys do your organization, your presentation, your marketing, your everything that you do has such an exquisite attention to detail that I really thought we're in really great hands. If, if we have to be acquired by different overlords, these are the ones I want to be ruled by. <laughs> <laughs> totally i'm curious has the state of the world right now affected how you guys make the show because typically animated shows like you guys kind of go in and record your lines on your own right has anything no. changed actually no. no we um are the only probably only animated show in town where we record all together like an old radio play oh um, wow oh cool yeah it's really unusual and we've always done it that way and I'm sure it's because James L. Brooks, who's our executive producer, you know, he comes from, obviously he's done incredible films like Terms of Endearment and um, As Good As It Gets and all kinds of stuff. But he started in television with Mary Tyler Moore and Taxi. And I know that when we started on the Tracy Ullman show, he thought, it doesn't matter to me that nobody sees your faces. It's still a conversation between actors, you know, characters are still talking to other characters. There's no reason in the world you shouldn't all be in the same room. But also, I would say nobody who was producing The Simpsons at the start and then for quite a while after that had ever done animation. So I don't think there was even 
a very deep knowledge of how most animated shows are made and recorded. And so they're like, eh, whatever, we're going to do it our way. And that Mm -hmm. has stuck. So, but to your point with the pandemic, now we used to do a table read, that's which is the very first time that the writers hear the script out loud, read by the actors. That's how they, the, really the only time they hear it as a whole, right, you know, without going scene by scene, to hear what jokes work and what don't, and where the rewrites are. And so it's a very, very important table read. I would say it's actually even more important than the record because recording takes nine months for one episode. Wow. Wow. So, it's ridiculously labor intensive. Not for us. Like we're, we skate along <laughs> for the actor like, hey, awesome. What are you guys doing? And the writers and the animators never get a break. <laughs> but we now do our table read over Zoom. And when I tell you there are 64 people on that Zoom call, no exaggeration. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. And then we were recording individually at home. And it was very funny when they first sent us the equipment. I have a quite successful true crime podcast that I co-host. So I already had really good equipment. But the question was, what's the best room in the house to record that has the best acoustics for if you're going to record at home? That was sort of funny. I remember sending in about four or five tests about, what about here? Sort of like the, that, can you hear me now? Can you hear Ooh, me now? So like which that? room did you find worked best? So I have a little... A tiny speakeasy at my house. It's a separate little building. It actually used to be a storage room and it's literally 10 feet by 10 feet. So it's quite small and I don't want to have more stuff. So I was like, I can't have a storage room. I got to make it into something else. <laughs> so I made it into this great little bar and wow. the walls are insulated for oh. sound. So our engineers at the Simpsons, they were like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the place. Definitely. That's the place. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So now now when they see me on Zoom, they're like, oh, you're in the bar again? I'm like, yes, it, yes, it's 10 in the morning. No day drinking today. Just here to do my job. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Candace and Jeffrey and our listeners know, I, I record from my closet. So I'm sitting, I'm like packed between clothes right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so funny you say that because I tried out a closet as well and that was certainly the next best, most favorite location Ah. because of the clothes. They absorb all that sound. Oh, I wish it were a speakeasy, but this will do for now. (laughs) 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 Well, in November, season 31 of The Simpsons is heading to Disney+, Plus, making it the perfect binge while I'm at home. I am making my way through the very extensive catalog and I'm excited for a new season. (laughs) So during this time, what have you found yourself binging? So I was late to the party on The Mandalorian. So I binged that like at the beginning of the summer and I love it so much and I can't believe that. Is it coming back this month? It is, yeah. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm sort of not a huge sci-fi fan, you know. I I mean, obviously I've seen Star Wars. I've seen quite a few of them and stuff like that. And everybody was raving about this baby Yoda. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, whatever. And I am not kidding you, 20 minutes in, hooked like a big old fish on a line. I just was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, after playing Lisa for more than 30 seasons, what is it that's kept her interesting for you? That's such a good question. I have a an undying love and respect for Lisa Simpson, 
really as a character and a little being quite outside of myself. And I think what keeps her interesting and fresh for me is that in a way that I find can be somewhat rare in television, certainly television sitcoms, which we technically are, characters don't often evolve spiritually or, you know, sort of their internal souls. But Lisa Simpson absolutely defies that principle. She is, there are a few core principles that she will never let go of. So she's has this incredible resilience, which I so admire because the writers give Lisa something at the beginning of an episode. And by the end of it, 22 minutes later, she no longer has it. (laughs) Whether it's a friend or a pony or a victory or, and I'm like, good Lord, this child, what are you doing to this girl? (laughs) She's not opposed to taking her medicine. If there's a lesson to be learned, she usually does it with enormous heart. It doesn't mean she might not resist at first, but ultimately, I believe in my heart and soul, and it's so funny to talk about a cartoon character as though she's a three-dimensional, living, bringing person, but I really feel that way about her, and I feel as though she wants to leave the world a better place than the way she found it. And if that means that she needs to eat some humble pie, she's down with that. She is a Disney princess. That sounds like a storyline there that we would want to see. Yeah. Have you thought about any other Disney characters that if you could voice one, who would it be? Oh, gosh. That's also a really funny, interesting question because for 32 seasons, obviously I do Lisa Simpson. I do an old lady once in a while, although they've killed her off a couple of times, but they do bring her back. (laughs) Um, And it's not good. It's not good. I'm the only one on our show who does one voice, although recently they've thrown me some scraps and I've done a few incidental voices, which I'm enormously flattered by because I do remember being told that I was not even allowed to be in a crowd if there was a crowd somewhere in Springfield and Lisa Simpson wasn't specifically present, they said, no, no, Yardley, you have to sit this one out because your voice is too distinctive. You always sound like you. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> so I developed this real sort of crisis of confidence in doing other voices. So I, and it really took hold. Like it's, it's it really worked. I know, like, why? Well, I, I feel like I just always do the same thing. But I did go to Vanity Fair. They do those funny, silly videos. And I guess they've done a series of people who do voices on cartoons doing a bunch of random voices for characters that they'd never seen before. And they said, come on, Yardley, come do that. I thought, oh, God, well, this will be hilariously awful. And it, it is. It's, it is. You can see it online. It's, you'll, and you'll go, oh, that's why Yardley only does one voice. Oh, I get that. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It's a great voice. Thank it you. Is. I mean, I will say, and having been teased relentlessly as a kid when I was younger for having such a funny, high, nasally voice, I do sort of feel like, well, who has the last laugh now? So. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Well, what are you excited for fans to see this season on The Simpsons? So there is a great episode coming up in November. As I said, I mentioned I have this true crime podcast called Small Town Dicks, and they actually 
wrote a script where I finally get to guest star as Yardley on The Simpsons as the <laughs> co-host of my true crime podcast. So, wow. Yeah, Very that's, meta. I mean, listen to me. For The Simpsons to put their stamp of approval on something that you're doing outside of the show is massive. So I was enormously chuffed by that. That was really incredible. We have a wonderful episode coming up starring Benedict Cumberbatch, who I love. Mm. And he plays a character, sort of a parody of the Smiths. The 80s band, the Smiths? Aren't they sort of the sort of emo band? Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 56 and our oldest writers are probably 10 years younger than me. But that's enough in certainly when you think about music that so much happens in a decade, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were all fans of the Smiths, I guess, and they wrote this fantastic episode where Benedict Cumberbatch plays the now aging uh, musician of that sort of, would you say they're grunge? grunge? Oh, no, they were like, they were sort of like new wave alternate, I would yeah, say. Yeah. He's probably playing like a Morrissey kind of yes, character. Yes, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm very old, so these references are, are not lost on me at all. <laughs> so yes, exactly. He plays a character sort of loosely based on Morrissey and Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords mm-hmm. wrote the music for this episode. And so it's amazing. And he wrote the lyrics and the music to a couple of incredible songs that you're just going to want to rewind over and over and over just to catch all the lyrics. And I got to Zoom with him because he's in New Zealand on Thursday and sing a couple of lines that they had allocated to Lisa in that song. And that was super fun. That was a big deal. We also have our... 700th episode coming up. Oh, wow. Yeah. In March 2021, Stephen Fry, the comedian, Mm -hmm. comes on and uh, plays a spy that thinks Grandpa is part of a spy ring, which is (laughs) awesome. And we got to Zoom with him. Oh, Olivia Coleman, who... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How much do I wish, even before the pandemic, because they were recorded her before uh, the world shut down. I think she was in London, so I didn't get to meet her, but oh my God, I just would have fallen over. I would have just fallen over. (laughs) And we have uh, J.J. Abrams, the extraordinarily Mm -hmm. brilliant creator of all things. Everything that all of us have watched and just can't get enough of. He Mm -hmm. actually comes on and plays himself. And it's always really funny when you have Somebody who is that prolific and brilliant and creative in their field, and then they come to your house and they feel they're sort of like, hi, (laughs) you know, they feel so much like a fish out of water and we're all just agog that he's there on the Zoom call with us. We're like, what? And he's like, ah, just really, you guys, I'm just, I can't hold a candle to you. Like, you are awesome, just as you are. They work so hard, our writers. They really, even after 32 seasons, I feel like they just never let the ball touch the field. Wow. I mean, I love Benedict because he's Doctor Strange. So it's sort of, you've got the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe meeting the Simpsons universe. Yes, indeed. 
I know. Um, we feel so lucky. He's actually been on a couple of times, but I, this might be the, the biggest part he's had. So funny. I have to take it back to Lisa, though. And on a lighter note, this has nothing to do with the show. But over the years, how many voicemail messages would you guess you've been asked to record as Lisa? Did people still ask you to do stuff like that or send a voice note to their family? Yes, they do. Or they have a kid who's sick at home and they're like, would you do the voice of Lisa Simpson? I can't believe I haven't done the voice of Lisa Simpson yet. Let me do it for you right here. Um, Yay! There's our Lisa Simpson. So happy to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is a very big deal. Uh, Um, That's so (laughs) amazing. (laughs) You know, I shy away from doing outgoing messages for two reasons. One, if you have that on your phone, I'm not kidding. People will find out. Then they'll just call you and hang up. They won't actually call to leave a message. They just want to hear <laughs> the outgoing message. <laughs> right. And that could be really annoying for you. Um, and two, while I do feel like I really understand Lisa Simpson's heart and soul, I feel like I'm not that great an improviser as Lisa Simpson. Mm. So I always feel a little bit self-conscious and as though, Okay, I know what you want, but it's not going to be as good as you think <laughs> it's going to be. So, I'm like, Burr. But yeah, people just literally out in the world, two things. They hug me in the supermarket because they think, oh my God, you embody this fantastic, sweet, little, tiny, little eight-year-old. And I'm like, I do. And yet, here I am, me, just trying to you know, pick out a banana. But they also, you know, hey, my kid is sick at home. Would you leave them a message? And there's a part of me that wants to say, ah, it's not a party trick. I'm just, you know, sure, really sorry your kid is sick. But it's, it, I, I liken it to if you say you're at a party and you're seated next to a doctor and you go, you know, I just have this thing on my side. Could you have a look at that? And the guy's probably, or the woman is probably like, um, I'm off the clock and I know I can't just have a look at the boil on this side. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. So I try to very gently sort of just encourage them to have had the experience with me, me, Yardley, and I'll do the voice for them and then we get to go on our way. Mm. Wow. Well, through The Simpsons, you've had a lot of incredible experiences, like you mentioned, D23 Expo. What was it like being in front of that huge audience of Disney and Simpsons fans? I loved it. I have to say, you know, I'm an actor first, and so, and I love it. And I started on stage, so that's a really, I I feel quite comfortable there. The nerve-wracking part was... I always feel when I moderate these panels, which I started doing a couple of years ago, like I moderated the Comic-Con panel just before the D23 panel, and my mandate is that I want everybody in the audience to go away having learned one thing about the show or the people behind it or in it that they didn't know before. And I'm telling you, it gets so much every year because, and people are so knowledgeable about our show. It's really hard to come up with questions where people are like, I didn't know that. Uh, so I, <laughs> that's the bar I set for myself. 
And the other thing is, I want to ask a question, and then I want them to sort of have a conversation about the question. I don't want them to feel as though they need to just answer the question and then, okay, Yardley, what's the next question? I want want to like start a dialogue, but they don't really do that. So (laughs) I always try to have more questions than I think I'll possibly need in my back pocket in case they all just look at me like, yeah, next, what do you got? (laughs) (laughs) Smart. I love it. A little Bart on a stick with the mouse ears. Uh, Ah. Many friends who still have those proudly on display. I love it. Wasn't that great? So cute. So, so cute. cute. And then I did a signing afterward for the fans and that I really love too. I love meeting them. I love seeing their smiling faces. I love hearing what the show and what Lisa Simpson means to them. It's that never gets old. You can't put a price on that. It is an extraordinary extra cherry on top that you just, I'm grateful for every day and never take for granted. Mm. So I, we're not going to ask you to improv, but you do know these characters really, really well. We I thought we would ask you what you feel some of their Disney favorites might be. Okay. So who would Homer's favorite Disney character be? Oh, well, I feel like Homer would, he might think of himself like, the prince in Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> but I'm not sure the world would regard him in that way as well. Probably more like Goofy. I mean, Homer is, he has such bad luck. <laughs> things that happen to him, you're like, okay, all right. I love him so much. Some of my favorite episodes are between Lisa and Homer and working with Dan Castellaneta, who does the voice. He is so brilliant and gorgeous to work with. I adore him. Okay. What do you think Marge would say if we asked her for her favorite Disney movie? That's a good question. I don't know. My very first thought is Cinderella. Mm. She would be Cinderella. Her hair would match the dress. (laughs) It would. And she has two wicked, they happen to be her sisters, but, (laughs) and while she is unfailing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And while Marge is actually quite fond of them, I feel like they could definitely play those wicked stepsisters. <laughs> they are certainly wicked to Homer. Yes. And she seems to sail through adversity with enormous grace, and I feel like Cinderella does the same. Hmm. True. Okay, what do you think Bart's favorite Disney Parks attraction would be? Oh... I'm, I mean, I'm so old school. He probably loves the Matterhorn. I'm sure he loves Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, he wants something that's going to shake you up because I think he finds it funny that whoever is with him is now a little set back on their heels. I think he would enjoy that a great deal. <laughs> Love it. All right. What do you think Maggie's favorite Disney toy would be? Building blocks? Yeah. So I've never her be that interested in dolls she's more of a doer and a maker mm-hmm. i feel she could have those mary poppins building blocks that mary poppins yes. pulls out of her carpet bag and if you could get an umbrella that would actually allow her to fly i think uh, that would be the slam dunk so in so in <laughs> 
All right. And because of her love of music, what is Lisa's favorite song? She oh. A, think she has a favorite Disney song? Gosh, there are so many great ones. Maybe the lead song that Ariel sings in Little Mermaid, or I keep going back to Frozen, even as I'm saying that. Mm. Let it go. I just feel mm-hmm. like Lisa Simpson, first of all, the message is so Lisa Simpson to kind of don't get stuck behind the eight ball, like be more nimble, realize that you have gifts, you can always make lemonade out of lemons. There's a tremendously empowering message in that anthem. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Lisa Simpson would sing that with all her heart. Oh, I would love love to to hear that. Me too. And if Adina Menzel would actually do the singing, I'd be down with that. Come on, I'm sure you could totally manage Let It Go. For sure. You're so Well, kind. Yardley, this one is for you. What is your favorite Disney memory? Oh, I'm such a fairy tale person. I always loved the story of Cinderella. I love to dress up. I love the idea that there is a happy ending that there are people who are in your corner and want to help you get where you need to go, like the fairy godmother and all the little birds and the mice and the little creatures that are willing and happy to swoop in and lift you up when you feel like you're a little bit face down in the mud. And even as the dream ends at midnight, that in fact, to really take it sort of beyond that, that you've set your intention and what you actually want, and therefore that direction, those goals, if you just continue to go toward them, can actually be realized. And while it turns out, you know, the prince comes and it's the shoe, and then they get married and live happily ever after, I just feel like on a larger scale, it's a really positive and valuable lesson that even as you stumble, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the journey. That's beautiful. I know. Now I can't picture Cinderella without picturing Marge as Cinderella. Yes. <laughs> yes. She would be great. That, I mean, she doesn't really have the voice for it. To inter- it's a, <laughs> a, little, a little like, oh, that's not what I expected. Season 33 of The Simpsons. I think yes. we need to see this. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do too. I want to say that the company, Disney, has been so gracious. I, you have to hand it to a company that can laugh at themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it really speaks to confidence and goodwill and really hats off to you guys for just being game for all of that. Uh, well, Aww. thanks for being part of the family. Yeah. I'm so happy to be part of the family. I really do. I mean, honestly, we kind of landed in the golden honey pot when Disney <laughs> bought us. <laughs> guys i love her and i could listen to her talk all day long all day long i know i was nervous we weren't gonna hear the lisa simpson voice and then there it was right at the end oh uh, <laughs> yeah so good sherry i'm glad she gave you closet validation i know it's all i'm looking for from all of our guests is closet validation <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well thanks for listening to d23 inside disney don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe and if you want to chat with us hashtag d23 inside disney and for all the latest disney info check out d23.com 
We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.